And I'm just so used to working all the time that, you know, I think you just get in that mindset of like, what do I do if I am not this person anymore? And I think that's what really rocked my world is when I had this baby, I'm like, okay, I'm a mom now. I'm like, I have this new identity. What do I do with that? And what happens to who I was before that? And I think that happens with any major life event with grief or anything, you know, like, yeah, you have who you were before and you have who you are now. And it's like such a, like a power struggle. If your identity is wrapped up into what you do and you're like, wait, I don't know if that's serving me anymore, but I'm like, so I put all this time and all this effort in. You're like, now what? Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead, and welcome again to another episode in season eight. I am so excited to introduce today's guest to y'all, but I will go ahead and start this episode as I have been starting them all lately with a little reminder about what I've Been Better is. I've Been Better is a storytelling podcast where we share real stories from real people in real time, and we are so grateful to have all of our loyal listeners and return listeners. And if you're new here, please make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you you listen to your podcasts. So let's go ahead and jump right in to today's guest, Erin Kelly. Hi, Erin. Hi. Hi. Um, Y'all, I'm so excited. So I've known Erin for quite some time because our circles ended up intermixing due to my hairstylist. And then we found out we were friends with the same friends and all the same people. And then Erin became my esthetician. And then Erin left me. I'm so So sorry. (laughs) Now, Erin is thankfully so graciously giving us her time and energy to do this podcast episode. Uh, But we miss her very much. And my face misses you. So yeah, I'm here because I missed you. Yay. Yes, I know. I missed our time together. I know. I love it. Okay. So let's share a little bit about Erin. So as I just mentioned, Erin is a licensed esthetician and makeup artist. Also, yeah, y'all, if you need makeup in the future when Aaron is back to doing this or in a position to want to offer services again, Aaron is killer with yeah, makeup. Just so okay, so I am still doing event makeup okay. and uh one on one makeup lessons or group <gasps> lessons yes. is something I really want to start doing. I was doing weddings and we're taking a little a little break. Little break. Love it. Okay. So a licensed esthetician and makeup artist and she has been in the beauty I can't talk. Been in the <laughs> beauty industry for 10 years and specializes in event makeup. She loves to make people feel confident about themselves, which I would definitely say she does. Her style of makeup is about enhancing someone's features, not covering up what makes someone unique, which I love. Yes. One of Erin's favorite things to do is create quick beauty tutorials, so please make sure you follow her on Instagram. We will link it in the show notes. She brings makeup back to to basics and tries to make it easier for someone who's never picked up a brush before, which I love as well because I know nothing about makeup or what the hell I'm doing. I like paint on my face and I'm like, here we go. This is how it's going to look today. Um, Erin also loves to paint and is a creative at heart. Her biggest focus right now is spending time with her son and raising a kind, compassionate human being. For fun on the weekends, it is her and her husband checking out breweries together, or you can find them gardening, hanging out with friends and family at the farmer's market, and they have two lovely dogs that keep them very busy. One fun fact about Erin is that she used to paint the Travelocity Gnome. What? Which is so... Freaking cool. Okay, you have to tell... You told me at the beginning of this before we started recording because I was like, Erin, what did you do? And you're like, yeah, it's like great. It was really cool. And then she literally... Y'all, go watch a Travelocity video right now. Those gnomes, Erin painted them. Yeah, or on The Amazing Race. I did those too. <gasps> Even cooler. Yeah. I don't know if they still make them, but this was like 2000. 2000- 
14, 15, 16-ish. So yeah. Oh my God, I love it. Okay, well, welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes. Oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, so we, I knew, I've known Nikki since, how old am I? 31. So I've known her since I was 19 or 20. Yeah, because you were going to her at her first salon. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I met Nikki when I was 17. Yep. Because we both work in a restaurant together. And then she went into hair school. Yep. So I think we probably met each other when she went to her first own salon. It's probably a few years after that. But we knew we ran in the same circles, I think, at this point. Yeah. Because like, I worked with a girl who you all were friends with them. Oh, my God. The world is so tiny. Yeah. It all just kind of intertwined somehow. And then you would show up at like random house parties. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. You'd be like, what What are you doing here? (laughs) Yes. And then we would use you for event makeup. Like we've had birthday makeup done over the years. Yeah. And like party makeup. And then the last couple years. Yes. And Jasmine is here, everyone. You can hear her making herself comfortable in the background. She will be doing that from time to time. Cute little pride scarf. on. Yes. She's ready. I love it. She's an ally through and through. No discrimination here. Um, but I just think it's so cool. Yeah. And then I've been coming to you for facials for it was a little over a year. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, there was COVID. So that then like that right. tanked everything. Yeah. I think it's been about it. Yeah. About a year. I love that. And it was like monthly. I loved it. Yes. I loved the thing I loved about you is that you're like, I'm taking this time from my job. I'm going to get my yeah. facial. You'd always come from the salt. Uh, oh, the, the oh my God, the float spas. Yes. yes. I was like, why have I not done that? It seems so relaxing. So it's a wonderful thing, y'all. The the flotation therapy, right? Or like the sensory deprivation tanks, more or less, is so cool. And I used to do it all the time. But it takes a lot of time because you have to like rinse off before. Then you get in and you have to shower afterwards. Yeah. So it is like a two hour plus commitment. And you got to drive there. And then you get a facial. And then I would go again. Like it was a whole thing. So I was like, I cannot commit to all of this at the same time. Like, this is a whole day. Yeah. So I've actually backed off the deprivation tank this past year. But I would like to. Get, I have like a ton of them sitting on my account that I need to use. So one day we will get back to it. Um, okay, Phyllis, what's going on with your life now? Yes. Yeah, so you just left a few months ago from doing facials at the salon. Yeah. So um, what am I doing now? Honestly, I think I just I decided. Okay. So I've been doing weddings for ten years which I love. That was like, yeah, always, how did you get into that? I so I've always wanted to do makeup. And at first, I thought I would wanted to do like films and special effects and like all that stuff. That's what I went to school for originally. Um, and then I needed money. So <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> I just started picking up weddings. And I was like, Oh, this is like a fun. I mean, it's not easy money, but it's quick money. Um, so I was like, oh, well, this is a fun way. I get to hang out with people. Everybody's drinking champagne. I get to do like beauty makeup and get practice working on all these different types, mm-hmm. skin tones, everything. Um, so I started doing that. And honestly, I feel like it just kind of snowballed. And then I was like, oh, wait, what am I doing? Like it's been 10 years. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. And then I got so booked that um, uh, my mental health started being like, hold up. You got to. I feel like when COVID happened, everybody was like, okay, everybody needs to take a pause and chill the fuck out. Yeah. Whereas I like when COVID happened, I was like, oh my God, this is like amazing. I finally get to breathe because I was like my own boss for so long. And then, um, my friends opened up Reverie Hair Co, which is where I'm at now. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll have like a team to help and like do all this stuff. And then, um, 
I forgot where I was going with that, but <laughs> well, we, we were mentioning how we were like, what are you doing now? Because yes. you left. Yeah. You were like, I, I mean, which also, okay. I want to circle back to the fact that you went to like school to do this stuff too. But like, so you've taken a break from that. You're still at Reverie, but yes. you're not doing this. I'm not doing weddings and, or facials anymore weddings, yeah. because I was running the whole wedding team and I loved it. But then I also had a baby and, and baby. he's so cute, but, uh, it rocked my world Yeah, and I was not. I was expecting it, but I don't think you can actually prepare for it. And especially when your whole life is about your job and like your job makes up your identity. It's like now you have this whole new identity and you're like, hold up, what's happening? So um, I was still booking a bunch of weddings while being a new mom. And then I was like, okay, you can't keep doing this anymore. Yeah. And so I decided to take a little break. And I want to get back to my, I call it like finding my fire again. I love that. Yeah. Cause I feel like, I mean, you're creative. Like you just, yeah. And you when you are get bogged down with, unfortunately, what you do for a living, that phrase of like, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I'm no, like, you work hard as shit. <laughs> That's a lie. Okay. And the problem is too, when it's no longer for fun and to fill your bucket. Right. Right. It's to fill this like financial bucket and then you feel pressured. Oh my God, I got to keep doing these things, right? These people love my work and I need to make money and I want to keep making money and I want to keep getting my name out there and da, 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 da. it never ends. Yeah. Well, and I feel like too, in especially in the beauty industry, if you don't work, you don't make money. Yep. Yeah. So it puts like a whole, I'm sure, I mean, there's a lot of industries like that, but you're just like, oh my God, if I don't get more clients and then it's physical work, I've also had five hip surgeries. <laughs> So my body. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Hi, welcome to my life. When did you do that? Um, Why did you do that? I tore my labrums and like had cartilage issue and cap whatever. They I had two doctors that weren't good and they kind of messed oh. some stuff up. And then I found a good doctor who made everything like 80% better. So like physically, it was also taking a toll on my body. Yep. And I was just like, I can't carry my baby right now. Well, he's not a baby anymore. But he he's, was a big baby. He is a big baby. Yeah. He's like 35 pounds what right now. What was he when he was born? He was only six pounds. He's a little baby. Yeah. He was six pounds, 14 ounces. Yeah. And then he just like blew up like a little marshmallow. <laughs> and he's like 90 percentile. And I'm like, dude. He was the Michelin man. He, was so he really cute. was. All his little rolls. I love it. Now he's a sassy toddler. I feel that. So why? If you sounds like you've always been a creative. Yes. Your whole life. Was yeah. this modeled for you? Were your parents creative? Were your grown-ups creative? What was your life like? My dad is super creative. I think my mom has it in her, too. She just doesn't really pursue it. I've seen some of her drawings in the past, and um, I don't know why she doesn't. Mom, if you're listening, get back to mom, it. Mom, get but together. my dad is, he does stained glass. <gasps> He's a cabinet maker. He does, like, beautiful kitchen. He just, yeah. My brother's an artist. My sister's creative it's just kind of like in our so you're our third person on here that the, at least third if not multiples that it runs in the fam yeah this artistic gene and so does the chaotic like hard-working energy that yes. we're like trying to all figure yes. out the balance of this is a very silly aside question but are you left-handed right okay yeah sometimes i there's like this pattern of left-handed with creative too, oh really interesting yeah i didn't know that yeah I mean, it could have just been like the two people I met in my life, right? And I'm like, and now it's a thing. Well, so. my son is left-handed, so we'll see. I think he's going to cool. be left-handed. He might be ambidextrous. Teach him both. I'm trying. Yeah. Big hold <laughs> forks in both hands, please. Actually, he does. So we'll see if it sticks. I love that. That's <laughs> fascinating. Um, so yeah. both parents were creative. Yeah. And then I used to be, or I still am, I'm trying to find my way back to it, painting. I was big into painting. I love doing like pet portraits and just all kinds of stuff like that 
And then in college, so I went to college and my degree was in psychology. And I was like, what am I doing the here? What am I supposed to do with this <laughs> I was degree? Like, I just want to do makeup. <laughs> yeah. Like I just got a degree and like this was interesting. Cool. Yeah. And then I like started researching like um, how to actually make that a job because that was back in 20. Oh, my God. We're old. Was it 20... pre Facebook days or Facebook days? Facebook was like 2007. OK, so I graduated college in 2013. So I started in 2009. Yeah. So it was like right around Facebook. social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I feel like around that time, YouTube hadn't really taken off yet. Like it was just starting to. So there wasn't a whole lot of research on like how to become a makeup artist or like what the steps were to take. Other than like working on a show or a set. Right. And you're like, okay, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. What am I supposed to do? What film am I going to support in this industry? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, What was on YouTube back then? Salad fingers and like the randomest shit. Maybe a couple of YouTube tutorials, which I would watch. But as far as like money making or it being what it is now, it wasn't anywhere Yeah, it did not generate ad revenue and that kind of stuff back then yeah not at all so I uh was like trying to research how to anyways I ended up down a rabbit hole in like special effects makeup and doing that kind of painting and I was like oh this is just like painting on a canvas like you can make on your face blood and like do all these cool characters and then it I found a school in Nashville that specialized in film and special effects and I was like oh this is what I'll do but then I realized okay PSA if there's any future makeup artists out there don't go to a makeup school. Just get your aesthetics license because a makeup certificate doesn't mean anything. Nope. Get your license because I had to go back later and get my license. And I was like, oh, oh I could have avoided God. all of this. But That's so <laughs> annoying. Why don't they tell you that? I mean, now there probably is all that research. But also the schools want you to go because it's a bunch of money. And you're like, okay. I spend it, yeah. Be great. Yeah, take my money. I don't care. Yeah, y'all need to follow Aaron on Instagram, as I said, and it always is linked if people feel comfortable sharing their social media. But the Halloween makeup that Aaron pulls off is pretty incredible. I know. And I think that's what made me so sad in the last couple years is like, that is something that just when I do it, my confidence goes up. I just feel lighter. And I just, for some reason, I'm having such a hard time, like, picking it back up. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you kind of shove it down and you're like, if I start it, I know I'm going to miss it. And then I have to, like, make time for it. And just, I think that just adds in, like, a whole nother layer. Mm -hmm. But I really, really love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. I miss, I'm trying to get back to doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you were saying a little while ago, you said it snowballed, right? You got into this industry because you're good at it and you got clients and the word spreads very quickly, right? The wedding industry is like who you know, who you know, referrals. Especially now. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you got to know someone who knows someone. And if they've been to them and they were good, then they're going to recommend you to somebody else, right? Yeah. So, and then you had a baby during COVID. Oakley's about to be two. So, he was born in what, 2021? 2021. So, So you're pregnant during COVID. Yeah. So, it was kind of like, it was kind of the weird times. So everybody's still out doing their own thing. It's not like we had, we were like locked down in our houses, but still have to wear face masks. Like Jamie wasn't allowed. Jamie, my husband, wasn't allowed to go into any appointments with me. Mm-hmm. The hospital. I didn't have to wear my mask, luckily, but he was the only person allowed to come in when the baby was born. So, yeah, it was like a weird, weird time. Yeah. For everybody. So when do you feel like... Like you're saying, this is all really snowballed. Do you feel like it was right before COVID that you were really focusing on weddings and more of this like at the salons type esthetician based stuff and not doing the stuff you really loved? Like when do you feel like the shift happened? Yeah, I think it was probably 2019. Um, I was really pushing myself to do YouTube. So I was still being really creative 
and trying to do YouTube tutorials and like being very good about posting on social media. Um, But I do remember the February before COVID, I think I had like two days off that whole month. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people, I just say yes to something because I'm like, oh, two months, no problem. I got plenty of time. And then I get to that month and I'm like, you said yes to all these things. You did all these jobs. And it was kind of like, like, I love weddings and this is no shade to any of that, but it does get to be the same type of makeup over and over again. So I just remember being like, my cup is a little empty. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't have as much room to be creative yeah. in a wedding space, right? Like, I don't know many weddings and I'm sure they exist where yeah. you they want special effect makeup. Yeah, that I is did get to a do thing. a zombie <gasps> uh, engagement makeup shoot one time. Fun. That was so much fun. I did love that. See, and I, that's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. But and here's so here's what way, a way I can relate to that. I think as a mental health therapist, there are therapists who specialize. Yeah, in treatment models. However, it is also not uncommon to be like me who utilizes a variety of therapy models because I want my days to be different. I don't want to use the same skills over and over again. I want to pull from other things because I could absolutely see that making my burnout greater. I could see that being way more boring, right? And not as rewarding or fun because then I just feel like a robot. Right. You're just like, okay, Repeat tell me. the same shit every day. Yeah. Here are your 10 skills. Have a great day. Like, I don't know that I could do that. And that's not my therapy style either. Yeah. It's just, it's nice to have like variations of, mm-hmm. of stuff. And in the bridal world, like, you do get variations, but yeah, it is very much like the same when it's not challenging you're doing the same stuff all the time yeah and like i love making people feel great about themselves it's nothing about that it was just like okay here's more gold shimmer (laughs) glowy like you look beautiful but i was like here's your airbrush foundation and yeah fake eyelashes and your gold goodbye next yeah Yeah. you're like okay and then you're on such a timeline that you're like gotta go gotta go gotta go and then by the end of it you're like what did i even do what did i do well and then yeah then you're like the teams that come in right they're like okay we gotta take pictures we gotta make sure we do this we gotta do that and like sometimes you forget sometimes you just are so busy oh i am like the queen of forgetting pictures people probably look at my instagram and probably are like do you even work on clients i'm like yeah i just worked on like 12 people i just forgot to even get Get one photo yeah yeah yeah. So. so 2019, you're really overbooked. You're beginning to feel this effect of like, I am doing the same thing all the time. And I love parts of it. Yes. But I am no longer feeling the passion and the fire that I once did. Yeah. And I was also my own boss. So I'm running my own business, doing all the accounting stuff. Oh, I'm answering the all the freaking emails. <laughs> oh, this is why people hire personal assistants, even virtual ones, because you're like, I can't fucking do it. No. And sometimes, I mean, emails, like sometimes I'd see emails pop up and I'd be like, oh, it's 11 o'clock at night. Got to get back to them. <gasps> why? Yes. The pressure to respond. Oh, why? Now I'm like, eh, I'll snooze it for a couple of days. It is but- insane. That expectation. I'm in an Etsy group because I like to try to buy things from people that make them if I can avoid big big box stores or other things like that and people will comment in this etsy group all the time about like someone will order something at 9 p.m and they'll email they'll literally message again at 9 a.m in the morning and be like why is my item not shipped people are ruthless i'm like i'm sorry do you not understand sleep do you (laughs) not know how the world like i don't understand what this entitlement is about amazon that's what it's about yeah it's freaking amazon and, and four hour delivery. I know now they can is. do like overnight. I'm like, no, I'm not going to put somebody through that. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So I was starting to get burned out in that sense. And then COVID happened. And then I went to Reverie and I love being there. But then I had my baby. Yeah. So it was just. While you were pregnant, 
it was COVID time. So you weren't working as often, I would imagine, through your pregnancy, right? Or were you just nope. working at Reverie? So the weird thing about weddings is they didn't really slow down for... This is true. Not the makeup part. Yeah. No, no, people still got to get their makeup done. Okay, so it didn't enough. matter. Yeah. I stand corrected. <laughs> so I was still working a lot. Yep. Pregnant, that. COVID, working. Yep. yep. I, I mean, I even remember like, the, and this is, this was my own choice, um, but like the week after... I gave birth, I could see all the emails coming in. And that's just something in me where I'm since I'd been running that section for so long, I have like major control issues to where I'm like, Oh, my God, I got to do it. I got to handle it. But in my head, I'm like, you just had looking back. I'm like, you had a baby. You're one week. (laughs) You're like one week out. And I'm like trying to answer emails. And my boss is like, Aaron, it's fine. Like, chill out. We got it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now what? But you're also not used to having that, right? Someone to answer them for you. Right. And I'm just so used to working all the time time. that, you know, I think you just get in that mindset of like, what do I do if I am not Mm -hmm. this person anymore? And I think that's what really rocked my world is when I had this baby. I'm like, okay, I'm a mom now. I'm like, I have this new identity what do I do with that? And what happens to who I was before that? And I think that happens with any major life event with grief or anything, you know, mm-hmm. like you with have, a gain or a loss. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You have who you were before and you have who you are now. And yep. it's like such a like a power struggle. And then if your identity is wrapped up into what you do and you're like, wait, I don't know if that's serving me anymore, but I'm like, so I put all this time and all this effort in. You're like, now what? Well, your job was kind of your baby before you had yeah. a baby. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So now I have another baby that really needs me. The highly dependent, right? This one also will flounder and die if you do not take care of it. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. Like one of very, very much so. Like he needs <laughs> he will, you. Will die. Will yes. not feed himself. And if he will feed himself, it'll probably be just Cheetos. Yeah, it's Cheetos. <laughs> It will not go well. Yeah. So talk to us about that, right? You're, it sounds like you're going to have this baby. You also don't have to share anything about what um, childbirth was like or what it was like, you know, through initial postpartum, you know, perinatal stuff, any of that. But it sounds like you were saying like you planned for it. You can only plan so much for what's going to happen to your mind and your body when you have a baby. Right. And like, again, in the hospital, they do that for a living. They're like, oh, here's a baby. Here's a new mom. This is what you do. And you're like, you're telling me I have to wake up every two hours, feed this baby, put him back to sleep, wake up again, and just like keep doing it while I'm also trying to heal. And then you send me out of the hospital a day later. Literally, they give you like a pamphlet. And they're like, here you go. You got your pediatrician appointment tomorrow. Have a great time. Like, I think I got more for my car. You know what I mean? Like, they, <laughs> they really like, are just like, read this pamphlet. Call us if you have any problems. I think they do more when you adopt a dog. No, really? Like, they're like, is your house fenced? Where's the vet? I need a, I need a reference. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, but you want me to take home a baby? Yeah. And they're like, not even to mention, you just went through like major surgery, especially surgery. if you have a C-section or not either one. Yeah. And they're like, well, you could get blood clots. So if you start to feel this way and you're like, how would I know? I'm like, not sleeping. Not so that was like a whole the whole first month was just like a total hot mess. Yeah. Um, I did have bad baby blues, but I was also so I did a midwife program, which I loved. And I would definitely do that again because they were very much like your mental health is important. We're with you every step of the way. 
So I was very honest with them ahead of time because I struggle with anxiety and depression anyways. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm very worried about something happening. Were you on medication pre-pregnancy? No, but I think I should have been. Yeah. Um, I also have ADHD, which I was diagnosed uh, when I was 19, which I did take medication for, but I just hated yeah, a lot of people don't enjoy yeah. the sensation of coming off of medication with that too. So yeah, yeah. oh, it was terrible actually. Yeah. That probably was that worse crash. than yeah, mm-hmm. it was yeah. god awful. Um, so I probably should have taken medication beforehand, but so I had some baby blues because it's big changes, and I was like, okay, this is normal. It's all mm-hmm. normal. Then I jumped back into work like immediately, like so. It, yeah, like that week after. But then I had my first wedding. Five weeks after, because it was a COVID, re- yeah, listen to this. Oh, God, it was okay. a COVID okay. reschedule. Buckle up. And it was before I was with Reverie. So I was on my own. I already had her money from COVID. Oh, so she I was had like, booked you, deposit <laughs> she had, down. She had booked me, and then her wedding had to get rescheduled. And I was like, I can't bail, you know, for in what, because I was like, who, I don't know. I was like, I just can't bail. So I went five weeks after I had oh, this baby God. and I worked. And, <laughs> and how then do you I, feel about that? Yeah, well, yeah, it was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, looking back, I'm like, what is wrong with you? And I even think Jamie was like, um, babe, I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I already have her money. Like, I'm just going to go. It'll be fine. And then I told myself I was going to slowly jump back in, but I didn't. So that was the catalyst to going back. Was yeah. That wedding. Yeah. yeah. So we're five weeks postpartum. Right. With at least minor yet valid symptoms of some postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think I was like, kept myself so busy Mm -hmm. that I didn't even notice some of the effects until I want to say about six months later is when everything kind of like slammed and just like crashed in. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where am I? How did this happen? What am I doing? It was just like everything just felt like it was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I could feel my depression kicking back in. And I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, it was whew, it was a lot. Well, it sounds like that brings <laughs> up a lot for you to even relive, right? You know, Oakley's about to be two. Yeah. And I feel like just right now, I'm like finally crawling yeah. back out. So it's been probably about a year and a half of like working yeah. through all of that. And I think a lot of it. But I think some of that either anxiety or depression or just like not, you- not like a, a midlife crisis or anything like that, but something along those lines of like me not feeling as passionate about my job anymore and like reworking my values. So I think that everything was just like a big scrambled egg that was like, yeah. Well, you gave yourself no time. I mean, I remember seeing you. When did you come back to Reverie doing facials? Like three, probably September. Yeah. So like and three months out. Yeah. So about three months out, you came back, and you were even saying then that you're like, yeah, like it's I'm already super busy. It's wedding season <laughs> you're again. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. And y'all are like juggling, like the childcare. Like thankfully you have a great support system in place, but you are. It sounds like that was such a blur. I mean, childbirth is already a blur for many moms. They say those first couple weeks oh. are like we don't even know we're zombies, right? Yeah. But you were. It sounds like you're acknowledging like the first six months you're like I don't even know I just had a baby and then I tried to go back to my life and I think I just thought that's what you were supposed to do yeah and I think the more that you're in it the more you realize that like a lot of people are unhappy with how the system is Mm -hmm. and you're like 
I just thought we were all doing this. And everybody's like, no, I don't want to be doing this either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, the problem is a lot of people are just doing it. Yeah. And it's and, fucked up. And they have no choice. You know, I'm very fortunate that like with my husband, we I'm able to take a step back from my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people aren't and they're just drowning. And I'm like, this is not right. Like something has got to change. Postpartum yeah. care, even postpartum care. It was just like. Again, I love my midwives, love everything about them, but that it's not their job to follow up with me every month, every two months. I have a therapist. She's not a psychiatrist. Yeah. So then you got to get one of those right. to do the meds and then you got to have a therapist and then you have a midwife and then you have a pediatrician and then you got your own PCP. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Can't we all just go to like one place? Like, you know, it's a bad thing for these new moms. Like they're going through so much change and you guys just like, see ya. <laughs> like, see ya. Go to four different doctors. Yeah. In the next month, have a great time. Yeah. And you're like, here's your bill. Cool. And then I always get kind of weird too with uh, therapy. So I've been with the same therapist for so long. And then she ended up having to take a break because um, she we had babies around the same time. And it was like childcare was like, so mm-hmm. whatever. She's like, I just need to take a break. And instead of finding a new therapist, I just like put it off. I was like, I'm fine. I got this. I love when clients do that. They're like, I'm great. I've been going to therapy every week for three years, but you're leaving. I'll be fine. Yeah, that's what I did. And you're like, no, no, no. So she came back. I think this was like a couple months ago. And she's like, yeah, I noticed that like you weren't attached to anybody <laughs> new yet. So I just wanted to check on you to see if you were OK. And I was like, um, I'm not. And please, help. <laughs> please help me right now. When is your earliest appointment? Yeah. And she's like, I can take you this week. I was like, thank God, because here's what's been happening. And I just like dumped on her and I was like, I'm taking this medication and I'm da 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 da. And she's like, oh, my God. What have you done to yourself? Yeah. 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 This may be so out of left field. And if you're like, I have not thought this deeply about it. So let's pass on that. Where do you think you got the idea that like this was how it was supposed to go? Oh, I'm sure it was social media or like... Okay. So like an implicit message, not an explicit one from anyone. Yeah. But just because we weren't talking about it. Yeah. And I think there's change happening. Like you can see more accounts now of people actually being like, like, yeah, being a mom's amazing, but also here or parent, just parent in general is amazing. But then here's like all this other stuff that you also have to deal with and you don't Mm -hmm. have a choice anymore. Yep. You know, like this has to be your your main focus. This I mean, I guess you do have a choice, but there's a lot that goes with that. Too. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you would like to be a healthy parent. Yeah. These are your choices. Yeah. And if you're choosing to parent that child. Right. Yeah. This is what you have to do. Yeah. And I also noticed, too, with um, a lot of friends that have had babies, you know, you like ask them, hey, how's it going? There's a couple of friends that are like, oh, my God, I was like that, too. But a lot of them they just have new that. babies. And you're like, everything good? And they're like, it's great. And I'm like, I literally just went through that. How are you okay? And I'm not. It's not great. Yeah, there's no way. And then you start to internalize, right? Something's wrong with me. I'm the problem. Yeah, like a lot of them maybe haven't dealt with anxiety or depression. And so their brains are like all, you know, they're all hormones are all great. And I'm just over here like, what the hell's wrong with mine? (laughs) Well, and I, you know, and I, I want to acknowledge that of like, there's nothing wrong with yours. So even moms that didn't struggle with um, exacerbated anxiety or symptoms of depression pre-childbirth, all have felt something like I don't think if you are a birthing parent who somehow did not feel something after childbirth that was hormonally out of whack or weird or just like you felt some feelings, please tell us because I think you're a robot. I don't think you're real. So everyone has felt it. 
Then there's, like you said, typically we would like to see recovery, right? Like positive support systems, stable mood, normal hormonal ups and downs, right? Like I have, I think, three or four clients that just had babies because I do work with perinatal and postpartum mood disorders well damn where were you I, Aaron, I, should, I should have i didn't know I if that know. was a breach of like, i mean it's not but i i love you and i would be weird if you did my face and i, I mean i guess we could barter that is something that is allowed right. um but you know we try to avoid that to conflict of interest but i will say this i had one mom come on uh, she had a baby like two weeks prior she comes on and she like starts crying at the end of session she apologizes and I'm like you just had a fucking baby like I think we're good cry this is fine yeah and then she's great like if she's two months out or like a month out and she's like I feel fine. like I'm fine so like you said like this is someone who has a solid support system didn't have exacerbated symptoms of anxiety and depression has stabilized at this point yeah. but they're not fully healed had a c-section right like have all these other things this is a surgery right if y'all don't know what a c-section is i wouldn't recommend googling it but like it's fucking wild we've had people talk about it on here we just had the episode before not before this but in this season someone talking about how like a doctor was like holding their uterus literally being like and it's like put that back stop doing this whatever you're doing you're like stop i don't like this um so i mean i think to acknowledge all of that so then you're feeling this pressure implicitly and somewhat explicitly right from like business world and customers and clients of being like come back to work we miss you oh my god when are you coming back and then you're like fuck i gotta go yeah or like your brides are like wait are you available like let me know right when you're available and i love my brides but at the same time i'm like y'all chill the fuck out like give me a break and i'm also one of those people too that it's taken me a long time to actually become vulnerable with people mm-hmm. like i'll be the first person online to be like tell you all my dirty secrets but if one-on-one I have such a hard time being vulnerable. So we're working on it in Hence therapy. being on the podcast. Yes. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to Vulnerability Corner. <laughs> and like asking for help and stuff like that. I'm like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Like my husband's probably dying laughing if he's listening to this and he's just going to be like, I fucking told you. Yeah, no, you don't. No, <laughs> yeah, you don't. No, you don't. And there's nothing wrong with not having it because you're yeah. not supposed to. You're not supposed to have it all. Yeah. All figured out all together all the time. Like that would make you a robot. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. Like I remember my therapist, uh, she told me she's like, Aaron, uh, tears, just water coming out of your eyes. Like what? What is the disconnect? It's like something happens like right when I feel like I'm about to have a breakdown that I'm just like, nope, nope, put it back back, in. Yeah. Like Spongebob, I need the water. Yeah. And then it all comes out at once. And then I have a panic attack. And then Jamie's like, oh, my God, get in touch with Julia, like all this stuff. So, yeah, it's been a rough uh I don't even think everybody at Reverie knows why I had to take a break, but it got really deep and really dark, mm. really scary, mm-hmm. and still have little bouts of it here and there, but I feel like clouds are clearing a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, well, it sounds tough. like you did what you needed to do, which was take a break and prioritize yourself, even though that was one of the hardest things you've had to do. Yeah, it's tough because you're right. That was like my first baby, you know? And to see it like not, not that I'm afraid of like not being relevant, but you know, you like really hard for that. I did work really hard. I gave up a lot of weekends and a lot of like family events. And that's the other thing I think I'm struggling with is if I do start doing weddings again or working in the beauty space still, then I kind of have to give that weekend space up again. And I'm like, I think it's just, I'm in a weird finding out like a new identity you know, yeah, you're a mom now. I'm a mom. And there's lots of things that happen on weekends that are fun with babies. Yeah. 
And if, and I'm also like love that I can be there for him, you know, mm-hmm. so that you have that flexibility. Yeah. Maybe we can have people start getting married on Mondays. Right. And Tuesdays. What about Tuesdays? Yeah. Let's do a Tuesday. So like go to preschool. I'll have a wedding. I'll go pick him yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Great. I'm like, so I think I'm going to start coming back and take like one wedding a month. Um, there you go. One weekend. Yeah, just one weekend and just see how it goes. But yeah. If you feel comfortable, what do you feel when you were saying things got really dark, really bad. Yeah. What do you feel you had? How do I want to ask this? What did you do to get out of that? Do you mind sharing what ended up being your resources, your supports, your skills? What did you do? What are you doing that has helped you kind of get out of that space? You said you go back slightly. There are periods where yeah. there's some ebbs and flows, right? But anything about that? Yeah. So um, I... The timing was really weird because that was when my therapist ended up coming back when it was starting to get really, really bad. Um, so some divine intervention there. Yeah, it was really weird because I had just told Jamie, I was like, I have to get, he was like, something's not right because my midwife prescribed me medication. But again, they're not psychiatrists. They're not yeah. therapists. So they're like, here's this medication. And I'm like, oh, it's working great. But then Until that's it. Right. And that's what was happening. It was starting to not. And I was like, okay, this is weird. I'm still feeling, I feel like these, honestly, I'm going to be very open here. I was having suicidal ideation. Ideation. Mm -hmm. Ideation. Yeah. I was starting to go down that path. So it was really scary. That is really scary. Um, And that's bringing, yeah. Um, You can take a second. I know. This is tough. Um. It sounds like you, it's to talk about it out loud. You've done a lot of... I've told um, yeah, not a lot of people. I don't even think um, my family knows. Yeah. Yeah. That's very big. But a lot of that is these changes, you know, it's, it's a lot. So I was just about to reach out to a new therapist and then my therapist emailed me and... Uh, Came in. She swooped in, saved <laughs> the day. She swooped in and she, then I unleashed everything on her. I was like, I am having these thoughts. You know, I think it's important like to be very honest with your therapist. They're not there to judge you. It's literally our job not to judge you. Right. If we're and, judging you, we should not be doing this job. Right. You know, and like, yes, her and I get along really well. And sometimes I'm like, we get along so well that sometimes then I notice myself starting to like withhold and then I was like, what are you doing? You have a baby now who needs you here. You have a husband, you have family. You know, you start to get in this mindset of like, maybe I don't matter as much, which is silly to say now. But in that moment, it's like super heavy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, nobody would really care anyways. And you're like, whoa, what? where did that come from? Well, it's not logical. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's hard to logic your way out of depression and suicidality. Right. Yeah. And I also noticed that um, a lot of those thoughts were coming right before my cycle. So was, I think a lot of it is like a like, hormonal shift. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was like some sort of hormone imbalance stuff. going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the fog would clear and I'd be like, oh, wow, life is great. It's sunny. So it's just like all these ups and downs. So um, <sighs> therapist has been probably number one for me. Yeah. Medication for me was OK. Yeah. I think it did what it needed to do. It like it sounds like it took the edge off. It did, but it, this is how I like to talk about medication 
to many, many clients who are either hesitant or worried. Or, I don't want to be addicted. I don't want to take it forever. I don't want to be right. reliant. Also, if anyone ever comes to me and says, I don't want to be dependent on something. Okay. Number one, we're all dependent on a lot of shit. So let's not say that. Okay. Right, like I drink how much coffee? Each Caffeine, <laughs> toothpaste, air, water. Yeah. I mean, we are dependent on a lot of things. Okay. It's okay that you need store-bought serotonin. But well, and I think people forget that like your brain can be sick. Yeah. You know, like well, just, your brain can just be lacking, right? Like right. why do people take vitamin D supplements? Because we don't produce enough sometimes. So guess what? You got to take it. Right. And I think it's hard for people who don't struggle with mental health to realize that like anxiety is a real thing. Depression, yeah. it's very real, especially to that person, especially in that moment where it's the hardest for them. Right. Well, like you said, so for you, medication by itself wasn't enough. And so right. that's something I like to compare it to is I like to think of medication like uh, a floaty or a life raft. Yeah. And I can't teach you how to swim when you're drowning. If any of my clients are listening to this, which I think hopefully only one of them knows this exists in the world. Um, but anyone who else has heard me say that, if you are coming in and you are so in this place, right, of feeling like your only option is either to leave this earth or you just feel so down and you're having panic attacks all the time, I can't teach you skills. You are right. drowning. Yeah. I need to stabilize you. And so something to take the edge off is medication. Now I can teach you how to swim. That's a good analogy. And then once you learn how to swim, you can take the floaties off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like training wheels. You need them. Okay. And so put your floaties on. And then what's nice is that you could, if once you know your medication works to a degree, right? Like maybe it's that SSRI is not the option for you, but maybe it's this, maybe it's that. You can always go back to it if you need it. It's there. Yeah. Which is nice, right? Because medication trials are a whole nother thing. So oh, for yeah. you, you were like, I got this med. I thought that'd be <clears throat> enough. That was not enough for me. Yeah. We always say the best combination, right, is medication and therapy. Well, great. Yeah. So you're doing it. Yeah. Well, so I so I think I got really lucky too with medication is I my second one is what worked. And I know there are people out there that have so many, so many. And yep. I mean, the first one, I thought it worked, but I think it made my anxiety way worse. And it was like I, there was a time where I was like afraid to go into Target by myself mm. or to bring my baby anywhere. You know, you get like you see a story online and then you just like spiral. Can't, yeah, you're like, nope, I can't leave my I house. I mean, that's like how the whole world is right, right? now. Right? I mean, this is partly like, why I will not have children. People are like, oh my God, why not? And I'm like, do you see the world we live in? My child would live in a bubble in my house. No so way I, in hell. I think that's like probably something else that didn't help any postpartum depression is because then you have this baby and then, I mean, you read all these stories and you're like, I just brought a child into this world. Like, what mm -hmm. am I supposed to do? And now I think I'm approaching it as like a place of I. it's my job to teach this child and bring some light in instead of focusing on like the darkness. Yep. I also have um, like a notepad written out in my phone of like words of the day, affirmations. I don't look at them every day, but I'm like, they're but there. It's there. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Or like have little reminders that pop up. And yep. I also think like being more honest about it yep talking about it it makes such a difference there's such a stigma around this but i'm so appreciative that you were like i'm just gonna say it because i this is it what is keeps what it, it is. inside is people are like i don't want to talk about it no one's talking about it and the reality is well we're a lot of us are going through it so let's just talk about it well and i also think that there is that stigma too like if you're depressed or if you are having all these thoughts mm -hmm. it's that you're weak right yeah and i think people are afraid of and again if anybody's listening to me listening to this and they see me in person don't come up and baby me about it right <laughs> then i'll be like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. yeah like, i'm not asking for the pity party <laughs> yeah, okay? i don't want anything to do with that like i'm handling my shit but yeah there is that stigma of like 
you don't want to be that weak person, which I hate that stigma. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're all people with feelings and it's normal. Yeah. And, and we've got to normalize it so that we can have stop to. having people actually die from this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, I just feel like you, that's all you're seeing now. Mm-hmm. So we got a therapist, medication. Yeah. Affirmations. What else did you start surrounding yourself with? You, you decided to cut back on work. I cut back on work majorly. Yep. Um, I have been trying to focus on, I've always been a big person with exercise. So I try and take that time for myself and finding, even if it's like 30 minutes during the day of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, husband's going into the office to give me some space. <laughs> Yes, it's really yes. good. I'm I like have to have my personal space. Yeah, so I'm absolutely. like, if I don't get it, I'm like, fuck off. Get out of here. Yeah. Um. So I've been working on that. And I think just allowing people to help me. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it makes such a difference yeah. when you just ask al- for help. Like people want to help they you. They do. You like tell yourself this narrative that you're like, nobody wants to help me anyways. Nobody like cares about it. It's fine. But in reality, they're like please, please let me help. Like yeah. I see, I can tell you're drowning. Yep. I can see it all over your face. And like, you're not letting me do anything to help you. Right. Yeah. Or at least I somehow feel like I cannot help you for whatever reason. We've got to learn how to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. We know the benefits of being surrounded by community and support. Right. And also like, don't get me started on this train that I've talked about before of the idea that what we do culturally is not something that we see very common in other cultures, which is raising a child alone. Yes. In a nuclear family system without yeah. extended familial and just or neighborhood community support. Yeah. yeah. It's great. And I am very fortunate that I do have that support system and I'm struggling. So I think about all those people out there that don't have it mm-hmm. and it just breaks my heart mm-hmm. and there's no way to get out of it. Yep. And then it then these people get stuck in the cycle of daycare and work and it's like I have to work to pay for the daycare. To pay for the daycare because that five thousand dollars extra that we get like will make or break us. Yep. But then daycare is like twenty four hundred dollars is more than people's mortgages. And I'm like, we're out here I mean, I love that we're like preaching like you can do everything, but it's like at the same time the su- the system doesn't support everything. No, yeah. it it won't support us. No. Right. Like we wanna do it all but we don't have the support for it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's obnoxious. I know. My God, that's a whole nother episode (laughs) for another day. (laughs) How are you doing with getting back to your creative side of things? What have you been making time for to try to reignite that spark? I've been painting. Yeah. I've been seeing that on your Instagram. It feels really good. Again, I still get that feeling. I don't know where it comes from, where um, I like fight it. I'm like, like, I feel it bubbling up that I have to do something creative. And I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You got stuff to do. And then I'm like, (laughs) screw it. Like, just do it. And I do it. And then I just feel so much better. So every time, what do you take from that? Right. You should just do it. Yeah. Just you got to make time for that stuff. You have to. Yeah. So painting. Honestly, I've been trying to get outside more, too. Good. Even if it is with my son, like just trying to be like present in that moment I feel like sparks that creative energy too it kind of clears your head and you're able to focus on what's actually important for your day mm-hmm. um I've been trying to do some more fun makeup looks yeah trying yeah I'm in the process of like redoing my I had a whole makeup room and I'm getting rid of it and trying to shift it into my room because sound and waking up babies and stuff um 
So I just found a new desk that I'm redoing. So I'm hoping to start doing go. more fun makeup looks like actual special effects or just like creative eyeshadow things. Love like, that. I love doing tutorials. I just like making people feel good about themselves. I love that. And that that's what feeds my soul. So then we need you to take that and start also thinking about how to make you feel good about yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Working on it. You are. What, ha- what, what mantras, what words of advice, what phrases have you found yourself living by? Um, I think one of my favorite things is that other people's opinion. What is it? Oh, my God. I'm going to mess it up now. Go ahead. You got it. Other people's opinions of you is none of your business. Yeah. Because then you stop focusing on what what other people are doing. I've also like just stopped scrolling on social media as much too. It doesn't matter. Why do I care what this person is doing? Because all that's doing is making me feel worse about myself. Yep. So. I get sucked in to some of the wildest Facebook arguments about things. Oh, I and I'm like, I don't even know who these people are. Do you know what really gets me? What? Reddit. I can't I can't even have that on my phone because I would go down the rabbit hole. I'm like, nope. I spent way too. I'm like, nope, you can't. The first thing in the morning, I don't scroll on my phone. At the end of the night, I don't scroll on my phone. Yep. I'm very conscious about like when I'm doing that now. Yep. So yeah, other people's opinions about yourself. I'm going to. It's none of your business. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's probably like one of my favorite things right now. I actually heard it from Reese Witherspoon on Instagram and I was like, Oh my God. Like, that's thank you, it. Reese. That that's is it. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I think people do really struggle with that, right? Because we do live in a society of acceptance, right? And wanting to be accepted and included and feel community. But at the end of the day, right? Like if somebody thinks that you're being dumb for doing something that's good for you, as long as you're not hurting anybody, why, why does it matter what right. they think about you? Or like what you decide to put value on is different than what somebody right. else decides to put value on. And it shouldn't affect how you live your life. Yep. Because the, the, the truth is, we are all much more alike than we are different. We exist on a continuum, right? It takes you back to statistics. And you think about that S curve, right? That bell curve. Um, I don't think S curve is the right phrase, but it's been a long time I, since I took, y'all, I, I took stats passed. my senior year of high school. Never again. I so, took it in college and I can't even. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know. But the bell curve, right? So we are actually way closer together. There are outliers, right? These are the out there are outliers that exist, but we are way closer together. So if you want to go to the grocery store and buy five really random I- items, walk around that grocery store and there will at least be one more person who's buying, buying weirder shit than you. Uh, yeah, there will true. always be. Yeah. So we've got to remember that like, yeah, it doesn't matter what we think about other people and what they think about us it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Especially if you're probably never going to see them again. And honestly, goodbye. another thing I've been saying to myself is fuck it. Like who the fuck cares? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. It's your life. Do it. Don't what? live it based on someone else's opinion. Yeah. Or like, what do you actually want out of life? And like, focus in on that. And like, if that's what makes you happy, just like keep going down that path. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We will 100% be linking resources to this episode for anyone who may be struggling with thoughts of wanting to take your own life or experiencing perinatal or postpartum mood disorders or depression or anxiety of any kind. What do you feel like we're particularly related to pregnancy because you're local do you feel like was helpful to you here the midwife program yeah Yeah. um that was city of oaks midwifery they were amazing i mean there's plenty of midwives and doulas in the area yeah um honestly i didn't really use a whole lot of resources besides okay no that's good so we we have one 
like immediate recommendation right for them which is good so we'll link a bunch of things in there and i've got resources that i can link on there too but reach out to people go to the support groups tell your doctor tell somebody tell somebody what's going on so that we can talk about it and i promise you when you say it out loud it's just gonna get a little like somebody's gotta know yeah you'll just feel a little bit better yeah don't keep it all inside get it out let it out 100 percent is there anything else that you feel like you wanted to take space for today that we can hold some space for you to share and say or anything you want to leave us with today, Erin? I've, again, it's part of why I created this, why I wanted to hold space for this podcast and do this sort of creative endeavor was because our everyday people that we interact with and see are going through stuff and have stories that you deserve to talk about. Yeah. Oh, shoot what do I want oh I feel like I just left everybody with a bunch of stuff that's great that's fine um so don't feel pressure just wanted to make sure that you yeah I think the biggest thing that I really wanted to talk about was just depression and yeah it's okay to get help it's okay to get help it's okay to not be okay guys yes it's okay shout it from the rooftops right (laughs) absolutely yeah um it's so funny I ran into so our that mutual friend that we mentioned at the top of the hour, um, Nikki, who used to be my hairstylist, who also left me. I know. Love what, you, miss what's you. Up with people keep leaving. We're coming back to you. I though. know. We're coming, we're back. coming back in, in these ways. <laughs> I ran into her and, you know, we were talking and I was like, so whenever the day comes that I do get married, do you want to do my hair still or do you want to be invited as a guest? And she was because like now at this point, like we're friends because right. the we have grown so close. Yeah, through, you guys have been with each other for so long for so long. And she was like, I mean, whichever. I don't know. And I was like, well, when she left um, doing hair, I remember her saying, if I see that you had a wedding and someone else did your hair and it wasn't me, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> like, Okay, but also same thing with makeup. Like, yeah, that's why I was like, so I Aaron. actually will be mad. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll that's be offended. My I'll be like, what? Am I not good enough? And then I'll internalize it. It's going to turn into a whole full thing. circle. This whole episode, and it'll right? all be your fault. Okay, great. So what I'm gathering is Aaron would like to be the makeup artist. Okay, got it. But also, you can be a guest. It'll be fun. Yeah, so I can do makeup and guest. Do both. So and if I'm hear that, if I'm the wedding guest, then I touch up your lipstick or like you know. <laughs> also, Aaron, you parks. can say no. I know. You can be like, no, I can't do that. Okay? It's so funny because I'm that um, person in my friend group that's like, tell them no. You tell them no. It's so much easier to tell other people how to live their lives than to, yeah. to change our own. 100%. And I will set boundaries, but I'm like, eh, if I can make it work and it's yeah. not hurting me or whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, Aaron, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast and for being so vulnerable and transparent and wanting to share part of your story. So I'm just forever grateful for that. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. This and was fun. everyone be sure to follow Erin for makeup tutorials. And if she ever decides to get back out into the beauty arena and want to, you know, sell her skills that way. Um, but also look out for her Halloween makeup when the season comes because it's real cool. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to do it this year, guys. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Erin. Thank you. Thank you for listening to I've Been Better. I'm your host, Susan Youngstead please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and follow us on social media at I've been better dot pod.